0: and in three two one hello and welcome to the second ever episode of guide to the grind money mindset and momentum is what we're doing here uh still working on the intro because this is the first episode that i've actually introduced the whole thing is guide to the grind my name is Jeff Edie. as usual. Joining me today is one of Canada's top mortgage brokers, a true professional in his uh, area of expertise and even outside of it, uh, the peanut butter to my jelly, Mr. Jonathan Tilger. Jonathan, how are you today?
1: I am doing phenomenal. Very excited. Very excited for our guest today. Very excited for uh, the, the new branding. Loving it. How about yourself, Jeff?
0: I am fantastic. So I'm a little nervous to introduce uh, this, this gentleman because uh, we just love him. He's back for a second round. I was so excited when I got the email because this is one of my, I think, I think this is one of our most intriguing guests that we've had because his, his area of expertise and who he is are just fascinating. I'm going to try and read this and not mess it up, but uh, he is a seasoned real estate and cryptocurrency hedge manager who doesn't just help protect people's wealth. He has actively protected three different U.S. presidents while serving on a Marine presidential security force for a top secret facility and Department of the White House. Like, can you see why I'm excited about this guy? Now he focuses on serving investors through alternative asset classes like Bitcoin tech, uh, sorry, blockchain technology, Cryptocurrency and specific sectors of real estate. He serves as the VP of investor relations for Boron Capital's family of investments funds, whose teams have created triple-digit returns and consistently outpaced Bitcoin. I'm excited to pick his brain and give you guys an insider track on how successfully produce strong returns in cryptocurrency investments. Please welcome Mr. Zach Morrow. Zach, how are you today,
2: sir? Jeff, Jonathan. I'm very good, but um, man, you lobbed that one up so high for me. I hope I can uh, can grab a hold of it and knock it out of the park here. So I'm going to just, I'm going to like pull back. Hey, guys, if if you're listening, I'm going to try to be as intriguing as Jeff has mentioned. So, um, regardless of what happens, I know we're going to have some fun. We're going to dive into some exciting stuff in the investment markets. I'm really excited, like you said, about uh, the new direction. Um, with Guide to the Grind and everything you guys are doing. So, so excited to be back. After uh, the first episode, you know, I immediately went back to the team. I was like, hey, see when we can go back with those guys. That is just an outstanding time. So looking forward to awesome. in which direction we dive in today. It is uh, episode 100. Uh, we had a scheduling challenge, and I,
0: I was actually kind of excited. I was like, this is the perfect way to launch the next 100 episodes. Let's reschedule Zach for this one. So I'm super stoked for this. Zach, I uh, okay, first of all, obviously, thank you for your service. That's something I always like to, to uh, um, acknowledge, uh, veterans. So, thank you very much for that. Second, um, I was talking to a very good friend of mine. I told you just before this, I was talking to an investment banker a friend of ours, uh, David Hirsch, who was actually on the show uh, around the time you were actually. Um, but I was talking, I'm like, yeah, they're out of Lubbock, Texas. He's like, Lubbock. I'm like, Excuse me, what? He's like Lubbock. <laughs> what are you talking hey, about? Like, stuff, man. <laughs> He's like, everybody it's Lubbock, stuff. Texas.
2: Do not mispronounce it.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. It, but, but I'll just tell you, it's super common, right? I mean, Lubbock is definitely, you know, one of the, the, we'll call it the, the forgotten city out here in West Texas, you know, Dallas, you know, Houston, San Antonio, Austin have been growing so much. But Lubbock really is the hub for West Texas. A lot of people are like, "Hey, what's that close to?" And I'm like, "Lubbock. That's that's what it's close to." <laughs> We're the hub for West Texas for sure. So, um, but yeah, man, if you're not from the area, Lubbock is is a pretty normal, uh, pretty normal pronunciation. And then everybody's like, "No, it's it's Lubbock, right?" I uh, yeah,
0: I, I've been to Texas only a couple of times. I drove through uh, Amarillo once on the way to Phoenix from L.A. Uh, and DFW a couple of times, but, uh, and oddly great barbecue in the airport. That's a strange thing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Texas, Texas, uh, it prides itself on barbecue for sure.
0: Oh, it's, uh, I, I really want to spend a lot more time down there. You guys got some great stuff going on in a uh, different world than it, it has been over the last few years. I follow a lot of uh, very interesting YouTubers who've seen to uh, kind of convene around Bernie, Texas. And uh, there's some great guys down there that they, I'm like, man, I just want to go down and hang out and shoot guns with those guys. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, the fact that you said Bernie correctly means you actually know people from there, for sure. <laughs> well, I follow them. I don't know them. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. That's another one, right? That's another one. Uh, yeah, I, I, but- I've had the
1: opportunity a few times being in the Austin area. I got a, got a good friend of mine from high school who, who uh, moved down there, got a job down there, moved out of Canada, down to the States. Lives in, lives in Texas, lives in Austin, has a family. So I've had the opportunity to go down there a few times and actually drove from there east across and finished in uh, Louisiana, but missed out, but have not been to the west of Texas. Okay. But I, I, I agree, the barbecue is phenomenal there.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: For sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, before we get into too many stories that are off topic,
0: Zach, Zach, I, uh, I both curse you and love you for the uh, interview last time, because I, uh, I took the blue pill and I have been going down the rabbit hole of cryptocurrency. And I, I think um, I've achieved this like weird level of enlightenment of online <laughs> research, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> where, where it's just entering my brain and I can see the ones and zeros. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm blown away. I can't pretend like I actually understand everything that's going on. But you guys seem, as a firm, to be perfectly positioned in time to help people
2: protect their capital against inflation. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? 100 percent, you know, um, before, before we go out, I'm going to help you out as a friend. In the crypto world, we call it being orange pilled. Okay. <laughs> so orange right? Writing that down. Orange, right? So now, and now, every time you go and talk about it, now your lingo is ready to go, right? You got to have <laughs> the laser eyes, right? You know all those sorts of things, getting in on the little nuances of uh, the community. But um, yeah, you know, it's 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 really interesting because we, I think, like so many, and. Um, a few years back, we really were not uh, heavily involved in crypto, right? Mm-hmm. And it was something we were watching from a distance. And um, it was definitely a strong community. And uh, the support was growing. The infrastructure was growing. Um, the adoption was growing. The desire of the projects to become um, stronger, have stronger utility cases within inside uh, the broader network of, you know, how it's used. Um, was continuing to grow. And, you know, it was really coming into the pandemic. So like in 2019, you know, we had, you know, a handful of multifamily projects and things like that. And we were, you know, obviously working in real estate, we continue to work in real estate. But um, when we're processing the idea that people are continuing to pay more and live on borrowed money, which in a lot of times is borrowed time. And the only way you can continue to do that is if the trend continues. exact same way right and it just seems like a risky move from our perspective you know even though we are such bulls on crypto i would tell you we're actually really conservative as far as investors go right Mm -hmm. from a principle-based um perspective and so for all the reasons we loved real estate you know and the reasons why we were selling multifamilies because people were buying on multiples that did not cash flow they were financing properties on, on future earnings, right? What will mm-hmm. the pro forma be three years from now? And then you're finding financing happening on those numbers when it wouldn't cash flow anywhere close to that on those properties today. So we were like, we were like, well, this is a, a prime time to be able to have some dispositions, just because we didn't feel comfortable with the way everything was going. And so, you know, hindsight 2020, obviously, we looked really smart by selling assets, you know, you know, months before uh, the <laughs> pandemic hit. I wish I could say that was all just virtue of, of wisdom and we were just top brilliant minds, but um, you know, it was really just sticking to principles of living with inside your means, continuing to see that living on borrowed money of future earnings is not necessarily the best way to do things. And going back to the core principles of owning assets that we feel like are primed to appreciate over time, primed to do well and uh, maintain utility over the life of the investment, and then also be able to produce income and cash flow um, during what could, you know, realistically be more unpredictable times. So when we were having those dispositions going into 2020, um, we didn't we didn't know that a few months later that there was going to be such a, a large pullback with everything coming in and you know pandemic and things like that. Um, but when that did happen, it really caused us to cause call a big timeout and go, okay, if everything is changing, how's it going to change? Mm-hmm. Um, how might assets classes change? How might you know, markets react? How might investors react? And if we're going to be deploying capital, where in what type of assets do we want to deploy capital in? And for us, it went back to, like I just said, you know, assets that we felt like were stood to withstand kind of the test of time and, and have that good adoption case and utility over the long term that then would also have the cash flow and income from a portfolio stamp standpoint to be able to benefit. From inflation, but then at the same time, be able to have the incomes and cash flows to allow it to service itself uh, throughout any sort of um, deflation or contraction within inside the economy. So that led us into a couple sectors of real estate, self storage, and mobile home communities, and we've been expanding there. And then on the other side of that is really opening up to the world of crypto. And for everybody, as far as inflation goes, you know. There's obviously the near-term talk of what crypto is going to do, right? And I don't, when are we, when are, what, do you have the date in mind of when we're airing this? Uh, It'll be a week, uh, about a week and a half from now, which would be the 20th? Okay. So for anybody, you know, when you're listening on the 20th, we're recording this a day after crypto had a massive drop. So we had a massive pullback yesterday,
1: right? Oh, really?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I was I was going to say actually your timing being on
1: here because what the uh, bit Bitcoin just dropped to what its support level of around thirty thousand.
2: Yeah, correct, and um, and then everybody's going to wonder, you know, and everybody keeps asking the question, what's going to happen here, right? But we're all, we're about fifty percent off all time highs, just below. Um, but we've had this type of pullback, I think, four in the last four years, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not that this is something uncommon. And anytime I'm talking to an investor, you know. I think timeframe is so important. So we've got so much going on with inflation. Obviously, right now, there's a sentiment within the major markets where, from my perspective, there's been a shift in the community that's investing into crypto, which it is, it is a huge positive, but I think it's going to make the markets react slightly different than maybe they reacted a couple of years ago. And what I mean by that is a couple of years ago, you really had the diehards, right? All the diehards, the retail investors, they were kind of the, um, you know, the, the first initial adopters and the way that they operated inside the market a few years ago is different than, than the investors in the market today. So I think you were going to bring up the fact that institutions are really hungry for this type of investment right now, investment into crypto. Yeah. So pension funds, Insurance it. companies. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, e- even like people on our team, like we've, we've had, we're, we're having discussions with like Texas uh, teachers pension fund and talking, you know, working to get introductions to other types of, um, institutions in these larger companies, right? Insurance companies are adopting it. Major banks are working in integrations for maybe the retail side of it or the adoption side or the custodian side of it. But all these major players are beginning to adapt to um, have some sort of um, application within inside the space to be able to either service or invest into it. And right now we've got more uh, of the finance markets have moved into it, but from a baseline perspective, I think a lot of people are still looking at it as, it as just a risk asset. So they kind of are treating it the same way they might treat a risk asset inside their traditional portfolio, right? But over time, I think that people will begin, as people begin to become more and more educated about the differences between uh, the crypto market versus the traditional markets, um, I think the more we'll see um, a decoupling in the correlation and as stocks are selling off, you may not Necessarily have the sell offs in crypto. But right now, you know, um, there's so much going on where m- most of the major money is kind of following the Fed and everybody's kind of hanging on the words of the Fed. And so, you know, the crypto markets are kind of subject to that presently. But I think year over year, we'll start to see that change. And as I'm allocating capital, um, I believe that, you know, Bitcoin and certain areas, aspects and investments within inside crypto um, will stand the test of time and you'll have more and more money flowing into that. You'll have more stability going into that. And that appreciation within side of that market will stand to benefit anybody that's beginning to allocate inside of that position. But that doesn't mean you won't be down 50 percent next month. Right. <laughs> so so that's something that I think everybody has to be aware of. So, you know, anyways. um, I've been talking for a minute. I'll turn it back over to you and let you kind of break it down. So Just to tie into what you say, uh, because as, as you say, there, there's been huge,
1: that's one of the things, hugely volatile in prices. What are some of the strategies you guys do to, I guess, protect the, the capital of investors and maybe tie in with that? And I don't know if this is part of the strategy, but you've got the stable coins out there and how those tie
2: in and, and how those are different from other coins. Yeah, 100%. So there's different types of coins, right? And I think maybe if we just start big and go small real quick, um, if we go really big, I think the first aha or the realization that most investors need to have inside this market is that it is its own market. It is its own new financial sector, okay? This is not just you know the technology element of your traditional portfolio. It's a brand new sector. And with inside of this sector, you have different asset classes throughout it. Right. So it's not just, you know, currency where people are trying to all of them are trying to be a currency. You have things that are financial instruments. You have things that are utilized for different types of contracts. You have things that are utilized for what are called governance. You have things that are utilized for, um, you know, integration, for payment systems. Um, There's payroll companies being built through blockchain. There's um, just. A, a large amount of different sectors within inside this space. And so um, one thing that we try to do is we try to process um, from a strategic position and from a strategic position, you know, you have some companies that might be interested in trying to day trade every up and down. And then you have some people that may specialize in maybe a more venture capital type approach where they're trying to go and partner at the base level with these companies that are trying to launch. Similar to how you know venture capital might do, And you have some companies that are com- going to come in, and you know they're just going to service as a custodian for Bitcoin, right? If you're an institution and you want to hold Bitcoin, you know you can purchase through us. We'll custo- we'll be your custodian, hold it for you, secure it for you, and uh, just charge you a fee for holding it, right? And then you're just kind of in a buy and hold with it. Um, what we're doing that really makes us different is we're going out, and we're we're our goal is to create an index within side of this space and um, with inside the space have different types of projects in the different sectors that put our investors in a position to have a long-term benefit, right? And with us having a more long-term approach, that does mean that the greater part of our portfolio is going to be in more long-term holdings. So some of that is going to ride some of the ups and downs, which means dollar cost averaging in for, for ourselves and the investors is something that you know is encouraged, but that's only if you believe in where it's going to be year over year, not month over month. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't hedge. We do have a portion of the portfolio where we may swing from project to project. We may swing out of projects into cash and we may be holding a larger portion of cash. And then there are times where we may um, take short positions or long positions, and we're doing that with, you know, anywhere from you know and you know this is not a direct thing but you know just on average it could be anywhere from 30 to 40 percent year over year that is turning over and, and handling that position to help hedge on the downside and then increase opportunity on the upside but to your next question as far as stable coins a stable coin is a cryptocurrency that is seeking to peg to the u.s dollar right so presently, the U.S. itself doesn't have a uh, central bank-backed digital currency, which would be, in essence, a stable coin. It's just a coin tied to the dollar. And these stable coins, the idea with the stable coin is for it to be pegged to the dollar. Now, there's a couple of them. Um, I think we'll see some regulation around them. I think actually regulation around stable coins would, would be to a net benefit. Um, but there are opportunities inside this space where think back you know 30, 40 years ago when you could have a savings account with USD and the bank was paying you double digits just to hold in a savings account, right? There are opportunities like that presently in crypto where we can move into cash, which it, which would be a particular stable coin, and then hold those and earn great interest rates on them while we're waiting to deploy at different levels, right? So, for instance, with this large drop, well, we've been, we've been working between going into January, it was holding a, a fairly significant portion of the portfolio in cash. And then as we were starting to see the market um, show some signs of reversal, we deployed some cash um, over Q1 of this year, and then going really into April we started seeing some pullback. And so we increased our cash position a little bit there. And then, um, you know, obviously through this drop, we had a fairly significant cash position. And um, as we're watching, we're looking for these reversals. And um, when we can see a trend reversal, we may, will then begin looking at redeploying capital to begin buying at, at lower levels. So, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, doesn't mean, you can catch the perfect top or the perfect bottom or, you know, make every perfect decision. But but the reality is you're out there. Our team's working, you know, um, tirelessly to ensure we're um, doing our best to watch the markets, see where sentiment's going. But um, obviously, there's everything with inside crypto. And then you have to obviously manage uh, cent, market sentiment right <laughs> and, and and try to, to play a little bit of game theory with that as well because there's the technicals there the there's the fundamentals and then there's market sentiment and uh, from a fundamental perspective uh, the crypto market is growing exponentially day over day from a technical perspective you know um, I'd say you know since the beginning of the year we've primarily had uh, more of a downward trend um, in 2022 and then obviously from a market sentiment position, I don't know how deep you want to get into inflation, Federal Reserve monetary policy and things like that. But um, that's that's really where you're starting to see um, market sentiment kind of ebbing and flowing and kind of just waiting on those month over month, you know, Jerome Powell meetings and um, the CPI numbers coming out. And so um, it'll be tomorrow morning that those get released for for April's numbers. So we'll see.
1: But I think back to what you said, I think the most important part is if, Basically, the companies behind the various coins are fundamentally strong, which is which is the important part. Then long term, yeah, in the short term will be volatility, but long term, that's where the stability is and that's where the growth is.
2: Yeah, 100%. And, and and that's a really important thing for anybody looking to get into crypto. You know, I think a couple of realizations is that, number one, there is real utility today. There is real adoption today. There is real utility. Like, people are using cryptocurrency day over day. I mean, there's billions of dollars being transacted, you know, on a day over day uh, basis. And there's more, and then there's also a lot of retail things coming out with more companies holding on the balance sheet. A lot of payment processors are working on uh, new payment processing options. So retailers could actually accept it and transact in it. Then you've got, you know, um, this isn't official news, so this is this is act. This is just rumor right now. I haven't heard an actual full press release, but it's my understanding Apple's working on an integration for their Apple Pay where you could connect it to your crypto, crypto wallet, just the same way you could connect it to your bank account. You know, they've got a billion iPhone users, so all of a sudden, you know, a billion people with an iPhone now have easy access to go and you know spend right from their accounts. Now, for more purists of the space, the retail adoption, as far as like being able to spend it, isn't quite as, uh, it, it's important for certain for certain projects. But I think the adoption as far as understanding and educational curve, uh, the greater people are more are comfortable with it, the more adoption you're going to see and the more utilization you're going to see. So from a retail perspective, that is obviously extremely bullish. Um, and then more and more people begin to understand it, get comfortable with it, which then uh, brings more money into the market. But um, yeah, the fundamental perspective, like I said, the fundamentals are growing day over day, and we're really looking at uh, with our due diligence. It's really focusing on a core group, right? We're not trying to, to hold a hundred projects. We're not trying to hold a thousand projects. We're not happy. We're not creating the new S and P five hundred. You know what we're looking for is a solid, you know, eight to fifteen projects that this really creates a great balance for people who are interested in allocation and can you know help mitigate their risk on the downside and increase their opportunity on the upside not be overexposed to one single project one single coin and um, be able to gain access into the market with a professionally managed team so that's 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 our goal and from a strategic position um, i'm very upfront like i if we're going to look at month over month numbers, I make every investor look at the worst months. You see this one? This has happened before. <laughs> Just is this good one, right? Because, because the numbers have been really good year over year, right? But, but there are months that are really bad, right? And it's going to be significantly different than probably what you've dealt with in, you know, your more traditional portfolio. And so it can be scary. So, you know, you have to roll over um, what you're comfortable with. You have to recognize the downside. You got to be okay with the downside. Um, But yes, from our position, we believe in the long term of the space, in which case we're looking for, um, for projects, investments, assets that have a great team behind them with a great track record, great resumes and a great vision for what they're creating in the future. We want to see good adoption from the actual community. We wanna see great utilization of like what they're seeking to achieve, what they or what they are already achieving with the utilization of, you know, how many developers are on the project, how many people are using it, how many day over day transactions and things like that. And then we wanna see um, good coin metrics. So that's one of the main benefits I think for crypto that no other financial instrument or investment has really ever had the opportunity is like we can see What's going on and off of exchanges day over day? We can see how much is being bought and sold day over day. We can see the volume in real time. We can see all of this on chain data, you know, basically in real time, where anything, any other investment, you don't have that type of opportunity. So even when the market was going down yesterday, you can actually go on chain and see what is happening and see what's moving, where it's moving from, where it's moving to, and and, and and get so much more data so much more quickly than what other assets have ever been able to offer before. So from a due diligence standpoint, we're able to, we have the opportunity at more due diligence than really any other, you know, investment um, asset class has ever been able to offer. So it's, it's a really neat uh, space for sure. <laughs> All right, Jonathan. I'm asking a question
0: now because I'm I'm <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been this quiet in years. Um, <laughs> it also means I'm learning. It's like when a lot of people don't talk when they eat. Um, I don't talk when I learn. Okay, so there's all this crazy talk around volatility and um, everybody talks about, you know, uh, what was the one stat I read? Uh, one euro invested in 2009 to be worth 60 million euros today. Yeah, sure. That's what everybody talks about. Sure. But what they're not talking about is the increasing stability because this low, and I, I got this from watching actually one of Boron Capital's videos. Here we go, um, yeah. yeah. I was watching you guys, and and listen, I'm, I'm not. I don't remember the gentleman's name, but uh, he's your one of your traders, and he was talking about the market. He was actually analyzing the 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 graph, and he's talking about higher highs and lower lows. Yep. Now, I remember the last big crash in 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 Bitcoin uh, was it dropped from like twenty one thousand down to about nine thousand. This mm-hmm. one, I, last I looked at it was around thirty four thirty five thousand. It dropped to thirty thousand. That's not nearly as low of a low. On a grander scale, if you're looking at the timeline of it, there's like the short, yeah. short cycles and long cycles. To me, that indicates long term stability starting to happen. Do you see Bitcoin as the new
2: gold standard? Um, so I think that I'll just say this I think it's better than the gold standard, right? I'll just say that up front. Um, but I think to become the new gold standard, it would have to be uh, treated more broadly as the gold standard by everybody investing into it, right? So Mm -hmm. there would have to be an acceptance of that kind of across the board. And I don't know that everybody's treating it as that at this point, right? I think that there was this store of value, you know, it's the new gold um, sort of narrative. And, um, you know, I think that I, I see more people coming into it, but from the way I see people investing into it, I don't see them treating it the same way you know, people traditionally treat, um, gold. So I I can't say that it's the new gold standard, but what I do think is that, um, it has the opportunity to be that and so much more. So, you know, as far as your comment in regards to stability, you know, I think we're still years away from a more traditional, um, operation of crypto as a broader market because it's not just Bitcoin, right? And most people try to benchmark off of Bitcoin because it really is the dominant force with inside the space, right? So if we're processing Bitcoin itself, I think you may have Bitcoin reach stability sooner than you might have some of these other projects because they're, they're completely different, right? Cause there's still, there's new projects coming out all the time that are seeking to do new things. Mm-hmm. So, and again, when you process it as a broader market, that there really is venture capital opportunity. There really is, you know, financial instrument opportunity. There really are contractual opportunities. There really are um, different asset classes that are serving different markets, right? I mean, you have art in crypto, right? NFTs, there's an art space, there's a technology space, there's a, you know, a general service space as far as like, you know, um, interaction for like what might be a title company and things like that, you know, all of these things are going to be used differently. So as far as the market as a whole, you know, you're going to see different, I think you'll see different assets within inside the market stabilized at different times. Now with Bitcoin itself, um, I still think we're quite a few years away because, the broader adoption hasn't happened yet. And, when I, what I, and I, I, by that, I mean that um, the larger money that is wanting to get into the space is not able to get into the space at the rate that it would like to because there's still quite a bit of red tape for these larger organizations to be able to gain access to the space. And, and I, I think the, the larger companies are, have, have started their due diligence and some have you know, started testing the waters But I think the vast majority haven't been able to begin allocating capital. Right. And I I think right now the sentiment is that the major institutions might allocate one to two percent, right? As as a broader number. Well, when that happens, I mean you legitimately have trillions of new dollars coming into the space. And you know, currently the market caps, you know, right around two trillion. So, you know, your market cap will exponentially increase because just because like, let's say you had a 2 trillion new dollars into the market cap that doesn't then bring the market cap to 4 trillion, right? Because at 2 trillion, it's not necessarily that there's been 2 trillion dollars invested into it because it's, it's traded on a multiple of whatever has been, you know, the last purchase price That's how markets are made. Right. So, so as those purchasing prices go up, you know, it, with 2 trillion new dollars coming in, the purchasing prices wouldn't stay exactly where they're at today. Right. <laughs> It would grow exponentially, which means two trillion could come in, and the market cap could, you know, go up by a multiple. And so, what that means is you're going to have these ups and downs while this broader adoption is happening. And I don't think you're going to see stability in assets um, until not only until more money gets in there, but also when all of the money that is in there is has come to a consensus. As to how they want to treat the asset. So, if they came to a consensus that they were going to treat it as a gold standard, well, then you, you might be able to see it reach a stability where it acts more like gold, right? But I just don't see that happening. Um, so, and, and, and to that point, um, I still think consensus and the education and the adoption from, from the larger institutions um, is going to continue to take place over the next few years. Which means I believe that there's strong upside, number one, and then I also believe that there'll be continued volatility. Which I mean it offers
0: opportunity if you got the right strategy, right?
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the other the other part that you just touched on as well, you talked about the pay systems, and and part of what I'm seeing is, I think and, and th- this is my maybe my naive assessment saying this, but part of it is they're trying to determine is this a means of trade or is it as an is it an investment
2: because mm-hmm. th- those are two very different vehicles yeah <clears throat> yeah i I agree and that that's why you know you have the investment aspect of it and then you have the retail um, utilization of it and you know from my standpoint, if I have the assumption and I do that bitcoin will be worth you know, significantly more in the future than it's worth today, I'll just tell you, I'm not going to be transacting in Bitcoin, right? You, don't, you be, don't want to use it to buy a pizza. Right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, 10,000 of them. Half a billion dollar pizza. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, it's wild, you know. I, there's so many people that are like, oh man, I wish I would have bought back in 2009, 2010, 13, 14, whatever it might be. And it's like, you know, you probably wouldn't have held it. You know,
0: I have a buddy who bought in a crypto wallet on an old phone that he threw away. The phone, yeah, it's so crazy. <laughs> he bought like I don't know a couple hundred bucks worth in about 2010
2: 2011 <sighs> Yeah, <be> worth <laughs> a couple hundred bucks. That's for sure. Yeah, and he's struggling. God love him. Um, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's like. It, I don't even know. It could, it could be a stinking made up meme, but um, there's, there's definitely one floating around. There's, there's a tweet of this guy like back in 2011. And, uh, you know, he's like, um, and these numbers are going to be off. Right. So just, just enjoy the story and don't focus on the numbers. But it's something to the effect of like, you know, it's 2011 and the guy tweeted like, man, Bitcoin's back to $2. I'm so glad I sold that crap at six you know or whatever
1: or or whatever you know
2: and um somebody had like had found the tweet and like retweeted it out and was like is this guy still alive and 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 then the the original guy who tweeted it saw it and responded and put still alive but dead inside You you know it's like yeah that's great.
0: You know, I think that I think that illustrates a few things. One is diversification within your portfolio. And two is that there is a gambling nature to all investing and you just don't know, so don't put all your eggs in one basket. And then of course with what you guys do is diversi- diversification within an asset class is a whole different strategy. Yeah. How do you, so I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that you guys started out as a real estate investing firm. is that correct? Yeah <laughs> um, how much of your operation is still uh, focused on that versus the crypto world?
2: So in terms of dollar amount, I would say we're still we're still majority real estate mm-hmm presently, but I think that that's slowly starting to shift, right? So as far as the percentages of our total you know, capital allocated, um, that's slowly starting to shift. A lot of where we're allocating capital right now has been on the crypto side. And um, we're still focused more heavily on growing on that side because we don't have as much as, as we want, right? And, and we believe... So much, you you brought up timing earlier, you know, as far as timing goes, I really think that we're in a neat position presently because there's not a lot of opportunity out there of what we offer that affords people the opportunity to come into crypto with a professionally managed team. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we have, you know, multiple years of track record between our management group where we've successfully, you know, led great years, year over year and outperformed Bitcoin. Um, and now we're, we're obviously still here when the tide is really turning this direction and more and more money starting to come into this space. So, you know, I think we are uniquely positioned to be able to um, help people who are seeking to move in this direction and, and gain allocation. You know, you know, how much of that allocation Are people going to invest? You know, I think on the individual level, I've seen, you know, people as they're starting out, you know, begin anywhere from, you know, 5%, 10%. And then, you know, really the more time people are spending with inside this market. And I think, you know, Jeff, it was the same for yourself Uh, after our last conversation was that as you did go further down the rabbit hole, you got more and more excited and more and more conviction and belief in the space. And that's really the same thing we're seeing here. Is the more time people study what's really going on here, um, the more conviction they have, and you'll see um, their percent of allocation going upwards. You know, from an institutional standpoint, like I said, it's speculated that you know they may start off with one to two percent of assets. Um, obviously, some will choose to do more, but you know, if you're working in a consideration, I think the best thing you could do is at least begin. Right? Um, if you need to start out smaller, start out smaller, but you know, put some money in so that you have some skin in the game to go do the research you're gonna thank yourself you know to, <laughs> for going to do the research you know I don't I haven't met anybody you know that spent a hundred hours studying Bitcoin that isn't extremely convicted about the future of, of the market so um,
0: I, I think you, you you again you're talking about the timing we're 10 years after the invention of the computer. Look where it is now and look how many fortunes were made in the 20 years following that. I mean, yeah. the iPhone didn't happen until the 2000s when <laughs> Apple started in the 70s. So I think we're actually at probably the best time because the first one through the door gets the arrows. We're we're not there. We get to experience uh, the, I, th- I don't know, I wouldn't even say the renaissance, the birth of the market.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, and I really think that um, now really is a beautiful time where the infrastructure has grown. The major institutions are working to get their way into it. The adoption is growing, you know, kind of, you know, in the crypto world, I think every I think the saying goes, you know, eventually and then suddenly. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's kind of how everybody's kind of looked at it that like, you know, eventually one day, you know, it's going to be something. But when it turns over, it's going to be suddenly and we're going to see, you know, kind of take off you know, on a rocket ship as uh, us and our, our crypto guys and Elon, right, likes to <laughs> talk about our rocket ship. Uh, so obviously glad to laugh at ourselves there. So Zach, I'm sorry, I don't mean to
0: cut you off. I good. know we have a time limit and I want to keep you to that. So you've got uh, you've got time to get where you need to get to. Uh, I want to respect that. Who are you guys looking to work with right now? Who's the
2: ideal consumer for you guys? Yeah, you know... As far as our fund itself, you know, we're really in a position right now where, you know, high net worth individuals and family offices really are, you know, kind of uh, the bread and butter of people that are beginning to work with us. And we're in the talks now and kind of expanding into uh, the conversations with the institution. So, you know, with that in mind, at a base level, you know, the requirement is accredited investor, Right. And that's not our rule. That's based off of, you know, the regulations and things like that. An accredited investor is anybody with a net worth of a million or more, excluding the primary residence or an individual who, you know, as an individual makes 200,000 or more year over year or 300,000 if it's joint filing with a couple. That's kind of the base, uh, the baseline. So, you know, if you're in that bracket and um, you have interest in beginning to allocate with inside of this space, you know, it's definitely worth a phone call and getting to know each other. And how do people do that? How do people find you, sir? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So really the best way, and um, we tried to make it simple, was um, just sending a text. So we have a a text line dedicated to this. And um, actually, I I set it up. So Gen Y, I love it. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) You know, know, it's funny. Um, I feel like I'm consistently the youngest person in almost all the rooms I'm in, Um, (laughs) but it's slowly starting to shift. So um, we actually have... It keeps yeah. shifting. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely starting to shift. So, um, you know, um, you just text the word info, info, to the number 877-771-0615. So, text info, info to 877-771-0615. And look, man, if you know, you said so, Gen Y. Look, if, if we're if we're too if we're too uh, forward for you. I'm happy i'll give you my email as well um just let me know that you know you heard the show you're interested in learning more and uh, we can visit from there and uh, that that email email is pretty easy there as well it's info info at boroncap.com which is B-O-R-O-N-C-A-P.com. so info at boroncap.com either one will work um, both of them actually um, i do get the notifications on those so you know you'd actually get connected with me and I'll be working on the responses in visiting with you. I have a
0: million things I wrote down that we just don't have enough time for, Zach. Rapid fire. Let's go. (laughs) No, no. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to save it for another. uh, Wow. I sound like, uh, Ralph Gramden, a, a, a. <laughs> Um, i'd love to do a, a we'll make this a trilogy i'd love to have you back sometime okay, in the yeah. very near future um and i'm going to increase my knowledge so that'll probably lead to like we're just going to keep doing this every six months or so
2: <laughs> it's growing that fast for sure i mean but new- all the time oh it's massive if
0: you got like two minutes to hang out after we uh stop recording i'd love to chat with you but uh so thank you so much for the recording zach um this was amazing um i i know that uh jonathan and i are both just fascinated with what you guys are doing and the idea of creating an index within the space is a whole other conversation i don't know if you saw the top of my head to pull off when you said that But I want to thank you, Zach Morrow, uh, VP of Investor Relations at Boron Capital. Uh, I did get that title correct, did I not? Nailed it. Fantastic. I didn't even have that up in front of me. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> you heard how you can get a hold of them. Boroncap.com is their website. They are into real estate and crypto uh, investing. Fantastic having you here. Thanks so much for your time, Zach. Jonathan, thank you for joining us. And uh, thank you for listening. We wouldn't be able to do this if uh, there wasn't you know all seven of you listening. We appreciate your time for uh, making it all the way through. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can certainly go to guidetothegrind.com. Zach, Jonathan, thank you. This was a fantastic uh, episode. Our 100th episode, you've launched us into the new uh, new millennium of our, uh, our new, how do you say that? Cent- centarium? Cent- whatever. The next 100 episodes. Thanks so much, guys. <laughs> Have a great day and we'll see you soon.